I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to King of the Road. We are here for a very special edition. I'm joined by the wonderful lads from the London is Blue podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, you're over because it's a huge week of European football. So you've flown in f- across the Atlantic for a massive, massive match. Um, feeling good? Feeling fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Much better than we did on Friday after getting in. Yeah. yeah. Well, rough jet, 32 jet hours <laughs> awake. You're like, wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Gosh, well, an impressive haul. Um, so this is actually going to be your first ever European night at Stamford Bridge. As a podcast, so Brandon and I's first European night out, and Dan went to Maccabi Tel Aviv right. a couple of years ago. Yeah, so. it was a wonderful victory at Stamford Bridge. Yes, I remember, yeah, the 4-0 game. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I, I had a wonderful, like that season was, a, was an effort, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some highlights in a very tough year. I, I think the obvious highlight is Eden Hazard at the end of the year, ending Tottenham's aspirations of becoming title champions. But a personal highlight, I went to all the European away games that year. I went to Tel Aviv away from home. It was brilliant. We had a really good trip. Um, Also went to the Ukraine, which was very interesting. (laughs) Mate, it was aggressive. Yeah. I was scared. I was really scared. And the thing is... that was in the middle of all the kind of Crimea stuff as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm really hard... And even I was scared. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it was terrifying. That just tells you yeah. what it was really like yeah. on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it was a fascinating place as well. I remember, like, walking around Independence Square and all that. I mean, it really was a great place to go. And I went to watch a youth team play earlier that day. And they were playing in the old ground. I remember when I was a kid watching Arsenal played there. Arsenal played Dynamo Kiev. You know, when they had, like, Reb Rov and Shevchenko up front. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking... I was only a kid. I remember watching that game, seeing it on the telly and looking at the ground. And, like, just thinking it looked incredible. So I went there just because the kids were playing there and it was like, it was open air, it was pouring with rain and it wasn't as incredible as I hoped it would be. But it was like a nice experience. It was a nice experience as well. Um, so European nights at Stamford Bridge, how, uh, how are you feeling about it? Well, yeah, we've been doing a whole day of preparation. Uh, we did some video uh, this morning for We Ain't Got No History, just talking about a little bit of mid-season review and then also getting into kind of preparation for tonight. And I think uh, we brought a group over with us from America as well. So we have 10 or so folks who decided to join us, and I think they're all raring to go. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun one. Well, I think what's, what's awesome about the situation, right, is there's still so much to play for on both sides. Like, it's not going to be one team fielding the second, third string, right? Like... 
I think that Antonio Conte absolutely wants to to leave at top of the group, uh, and Atletico they want a chance to to get through. Well, they fight for their lives. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Roma has played well enough to put themselves in a position to advance ahead of them, and I think you look at that group initially, and you thought. Roma would probably be the one that struggled, and Atletico and Chelsea would kind of push forward, and that hasn't been the narrative. So. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. The trouble is now, I was looking across some. You know, it's now it's very much within our hands. If we win, we'll be top of the group, and that's generally something that is considered a huge positive. How typical! I've had a look at yeah. like the other groups. <laughs> yeah, mate, like it's not necessarily uh, the dream that perhaps it could be because there are a lot of good teams who are going to finish second in their group. But obviously you have to go for the jugular, you have to do your best to finish top, and fingers crossed, fingers crossed we will get there. Something I have to ask you, lads, right? You're all from different parts of the States, and you obviously have like, this never-ending love for Chelsea Football Club. Why and where and how did the London is Blue podcast, what, what are you doing? Brandon's are. It's Brandon the king. It's Brandon yeah. the king of London yeah. is blue. No, he he kind of started it, and I think that the narrative structure. <laughs> oh, the, <laughs> the narrative structure kind of goes as this. You know, I think ultimately, you know, Brandon was looking for a podcast to do with other Chelsea fans, so he sends out a tweet into the world. You know, so thank you Twitter for being kind of the founding force behind mm-hmm. London's Blue podcast. And he got retweeted by the Chelsea in America, which is the official supporters club. Uh, I know group. that guy. Yeah. I know that guy. I met him when I was in the States mm-hmm. in 2015. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Well, there's, there's a lot of them. It's oh, almost, is it's it, like right. Legion. Yeah. You know, oh, I met somebody who claimed responsibility for that. He's a very nice bloke. I can't remember his name. But he was, yeah, really sound. So, uh, you know, Brandon gets retweeted. And then two people respond to him. Well, well presumably more than two. It wasn't. It was. No, you just, must have had just yeah, you, hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Yeah. Oh, um, lads, you thought you were the chosen ones. You were literally the only two that replied. Yeah, I actually thought that it was kind of a scam at first, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll I'll give this a go, and we'll see what happens with the first." And they asked for your credit card number. Yeah, and <laughs> I put it in, and here I am today. So it's paid off. I mean, uh, you know, from my perspective, you know, back in 2014, everyone. I mean, there was a lot of podcasts at that time. They kind of started to hit mainstream and I had a really long drive uh, where I was living and I was listening to a lot and um, thankfully there are a few UK podcasts but I always wanted more right and then I'd listen to a couple American ones and they weren't consistent so I was like well you know what maybe we should just give this a shot like I kind of want to fill the void that we have over in America we didn't have anyone really talking about it and so yeah, one tweet later, uh, a failed recording. They stuck around <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we lost our first episode completely. Yeah, what just through the lack of pressing the record button? Well, I basically, mean, Brandon. Yeah. Brandon can go into that technical <laughs> detail, but simply yes. Uh, <laughs> there was a high, there was a high learning curve for me uh, in podcast. press record. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. yeah. who knew? Stuck with the red me, button you know, is so important. Yeah. <laughs> and where was your love affair with Chelsea born? How did it come about? So, so for me, uh, my best friend in the world, Joe, uh, came back from uh, when, when Chelsea was in the States in 05. They were in Chicago playing the MLS All-Stars, I think, for the, you know, whatever that game is. Yeah, yeah. And he came back and he's like, that Didier Drogba is the man. Like, he is <laughs> unbelievable. Came back, kitted out with everything, just professing his love. And I, at the time, wasn't even a massive football fan. So I'd watch casually, but not entirely. And I got into it and got into it, and, and, you know, 10 years later, really, 10 years later, I studied over here for a summer, and then... Oh, where were you? I was at Oxford, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so so anyway, yeah, long story short, I mean, it's been a decade-long 
love affair from the other side. Right. And how long's how long's the podcast been going? For three and a half years now. Right. So, so we're in our fourth season. Yep. Right. And where did it? How did it? come about for you that the love of Chelsea football club so I, I I loved watching Michael Ballack play for Germany and when he ended up signing for Chelsea you know there's only you know in the US there are only certain kind of teams that you could get on television and you just happen to be playing for them and you know you I think it's it's so different right because in, in the US you're not necessarily growing up near the area of the team that you end up rooting for in the Premier League you're, you're getting attracted to it in different ways shapes or forms you know it was Nick's kind of connection to someone who brought him to Didier Drogba I kind of was watching Michael Ballack and he's like, oh, this guy's amazing. I want to watch him play more. And of course, you get to watch him for, you know, 30 games a season playing for Chelsea. This is fantastic. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've got to root for Chelsea. Then I got to learn more about it because now I'm I'm, I'm getting invested in it. I'm engaged in it. And then Brandon also had a player bring him over to, to Chelsea as well. Which, who was that? Well, so I was, uh, I, I am a goalkeeper. Right. So watching Big Pete, you know, in the 04 and just seeing him stand on his head, just doing ridiculous things. Uh, I pretty much just followed him to Chelsea. Yeah. And uh, that was a great run. Um, when he left, I stayed. I uh, did yeah. not follow him <laughs> to North London. No one offered you 10 million pounds to go no. across the city? <laughs> Awkwardly, no. But yeah, I mean, for me, once you get in, and uh, I know that's around the money time, uh, a lot of us see, but... Uh, over in America, you could only watch United or Liverpool. Those are the only two teams on TV until around that 2004-05 season. The TV deal got much bigger over in the States, and then you had access to more teams. But it's still, it wasn't that many. So uh, for like us... We would do like a match of the week. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, so we'd have on Fox Soccer Channel, you'd have... So they made Fox Soccer Channel, first of all, and then they would put, like, the match of the week on. It'd usually mm-hmm. be United-Liverpool or, you know, one of the big matches, and then it started blowing up from there, like Brandon was saying. Exactly. And so, I mean, you just got to watch, and, you know, coming, you know, having played all my life and watching the way Chelsea played, and you knew one nothing like, sh- lockdown, we got it for sure. I mean, it was just an amazing time to watch. So for us, it made... It was, it was the perfect time to, like, enter the Premier League at that time, and... Um, yeah, it's been an amazing now, thir- you know, 12, 13 years. Yeah, what a team to fall in love with as well. You know, hearing you sort of mention the players that attracted you, and they all played in that, they all played in the same team at one point. Mm-hmm. That team, kind of thinking about the teams that we've had subsequently, every player that we've mentioned there would, I think, have been an international captain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an outrageous team. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of, play- like, in amongst that team as well, was also... Frank Lampard was yes, also yeah. John Terry was also Michael Essien. It was an outrageously gifted team, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Players like Ashley Cole, you know, the mm-hmm. best, the best player that Premier League's ever seen in his position. Carvalho, exactly. Portugal. What? Yeah. What a what a fantastic team. Um, how do you think that all compares to like what are our current aspirations? What do you, what are we hoping for this season? So we we talked about this a little bit today, and I think you know I think the league is going to be really difficult. Um, you know, it's not to say the city won't drop points or close, you know, that we'll, we won't close the gap in December because we have a pretty favorable run here. Uh, but yeah, the Champions League is definitely the focus, right? And so that's what makes nights like tonight special because you know that they're really, yes. really going for it. See, I think that City have been on an incredible run, but what I'm clinging on to, and obviously I'm being optimistic here, it's not necessarily what you think if I didn't have a huge bias, but. What I'm really hoping for is, you know, they are constantly coming up against teams who are putting two banks of four, maybe two banks of four plus one behind the ball, trying their best to keep it as tight as possible. And Manchester City are constantly finding a way. Late in the game, they're expanding, expending sorry, a lot of energy, trying to find a way through. And 
invariably of late, they're finding a way. But that's going to take a toll, surely. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that we are now, like, seeing West Ham winning one nothing at half. Exactly. And, like, City are getting some favorable breaks. But, again, like you said, like, teams are figuring out a way to really break them down and frustrate them. The fact that, you know, they've been losing matches until late, someone is going to get that result where they're finally able to hold on exactly. and completely frustrate them for all 90 plus six, seven, eight minutes of <laughs> time, time yeah. they get. So are you, you're almost kind of thinking about the idea of like the, the Tottenham style collapse. I, yeah, they, I just they've think... They've got so much energy being expended. They really are not going to have... Exactly. I think cumulatively, cumulatively, mm-hmm. they have put in so much. And, you know, the way that Pep Guardiola likes to play football is very admirable. Mm-hmm. But it's knackering. Mm-hmm. And you can't... I just think that over the course of a season, they're going to struggle at some point. And it's how they deal with that struggle, you know. But in the... Come February, they may have a Carling Cup final to play. They'll have two games a week. They'll have a Champions League, mm-hmm. you know, next yeah. round. How they deal with that, I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting, actually, this weekend, because they've got the derby. So mm-hmm. if anybody can find a way to halt this run... Absolutely. It's Jose Mourinho. Sure. So I'm optimistic... That there is that perhaps I don't share your view that the Premier League is is, is over. It's not. It's not lost. I, I don't think it's lost yet. I think that they are playing the best right definitely, now. So definitely, you know, fair enough to them. But I think that there are times when I look at Antonio Conte this year, and one of the tactical adjustments I've seen him make is that we're not pressing all the time. Yeah, you know, we, exactly. We pressed a lot last year, and there was a lot of different moving parts that were kind of forcing the ball into uncomfortable positions for teams and then we'd kind of turn it over and break down the pitch. You see we're dropping off a lot more this year and I think it's to save the legs, right? We're in Yeah, we're making full use of our squad as well, Mm -hmm. aren't we? We seem to be really making full use of it. Like when you look at sort of I know there's I know there's more to this story than simply being on the bench suggests, but the fact that David Luiz isn't playing if the issues can be resolved, it bodes very well for our future. Like mm-hmm. in the new, in the new year, David Luiz is effectively if he can be, you know, if he comes back into the first team, reckoning, he's going to be fresh as a daisy, which is only good news. So, and he still has kind of the knee thing from last year's horror tackle as well. I mean, he's been yes, he didn't have surgery in the off season. I think that's you know he's still kind of dealing with whatever's yeah still there. I absolutely love him. You know, oh yeah, yep. mm-hmm. I love him favorite. so much. Yeah. I think he, everything about him is just something that I warm to. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a wonderful. Uh, I just think that he's a wonderful bloke. I think what he did in Munich was incredible. He, you know, basically played the game on one leg because we didn't have anyone else. He then pinged the penalty into the top corner, gave it, gave a load of stick to the Bayern Munich mm-hmm. fans. <laughs> <laughs> Went away to PSG, played brilliantly against us, which yeah. I, you know some people hold a, have a bit of a grudge about. I don't. And then he came back and was. Arguably, our best defender. You know, he he was the reason that we were allowed mm-hmm. to play the system that we did last right. year. Yeah, and I think he's great, and I really do hope that we can resolve resolve this issue because on his day, he's one of the best in in the position. And, and if we can't, and if it's unfortunate, you know, we, how lucky are we to have Christensen? I know, just slotting in there and offering. Yeah, the, the tactical acumen of a 30-year-old and the 21-year-old's oh, body. <laughs> You're absolutely right. He's the zenith, isn't he? You know, this loan system that we've got going on, oh, yeah. he's, the, he's the reason mm-hmm. that people, you know, if people want to make an argument for it. Personally, I'm not too in favour of it, but if you want to make an argument for why it works so well, he is the case study, isn't he? Yeah. He's gone away, he's played for much and glad back, he's played loads of, loads of Champions League football, and he's come back into our team as the ultimate mm-hmm. centre-half. So, like, 
filling the void left by David Luiz is no mean feat. So he has done he has done exceptionally well. How far do you think this team can go? Do you feel like this team has got it in it to go all the way to Kiev? Obviously, a lot of variables go into that with the draw, uh, you know, some luck. I think that the away goal rule um, has come back to haunt us a couple times, obviously. But I, I think that Chelsea, you know, are in a great position, potentially, you know, go. You know, we know we're going through. That's half the battle, right? Um, we're in really good position in the league, uh, starting to create some separation, which can give us room to breathe. Uh, you know, and then we're continuing to go in the, in the FA Cup and in the League Cup. So I think that... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Chelsea maybe have struggled the first half of the season because of injuries. We had a few red cards, some different things. Pretty much everyone's fit. We get Mishi Musanda back. You pretty much have the whole squad that's fit. Our midfielders are finally creating chemistry. Our back line is much more solid than it's been as far as we're rotating less. And I think that we're about to hit form and kind of hit consistency that Conte loves. We we didn't sub at all last season. You know, mm. he knew exactly who started. It was the same lineup. And I think we're about to see that in a 3-5-1-1, this is our best formation. We've had time to play it. We've had success with it. And the players are bought in. And moving forward with it, I think that Chelsea will really be able to to make a big push this season. I mean, um, I on th- both fronts. I th- I think so. I mean, it's, if you do the three four three in the league against the non top six teams, you get Pedro William in, you get rotation. Bakayoko can come in, Conte out, whoever it may be, and then give Ed and Hazard some time off from getting kicked all the time. I keep him healthy, like he will carry this team. That's yeah, how it's going to happen. Great point. As Ed and Hazard goes this season, I think is how our our fortunes will go. He's yes, such, he's such a magic individual on the pitch, and you know, so we were. At the Newcastle match this past weekend, and you know, I think we've you know seen him a couple times in person, and it's always just mystifying yeah. to watch how quickly he makes those turns. It's never captured on television the same way. As <laughs> they don't have enough frames per second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I know what you mean. It's it's truly incredible. I saw a stat as well. You know, the the goals that he scored against Newcastle actually propelled him 
to the same level, the same amount of goals as Gianfranco Zola. Yeah, yeah. goals total. Wow. Yeah. yeah, which is huge, isn't it? When you think of the, like, throughout my entire childhood, Gianfranco Zola was the greatest football player that the world has ever seen. And, you know, he was, I know he did it later in his career. He came when he was a bit older. But for Eden Hazard to, to have now amassed that tally... Twenty-six. Yeah, I mean, come on. I know it's ridiculous. It's uh, makes you wonder what you were doing when you were twenty-six. <laughs> I know. Maybe, I know exactly what maybe, I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor life decisions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, does it trouble you at all? Does it worry you the fact that our aspirations are so finely in tune with one individual? It's not. It's not necessarily conducive to a good team effort, is it? To be so reliant upon one individual. I, I actually, I'm not sure about that. I think that we have a really good team dynamic in the way that we play. However, he's the he's the thing that puts it in overdrive. The right? star on the Christmas tree. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, the Christmas tree is there, and it's yeah. great on its own, yeah. and yeah. it smells nice, and, you know, the family can put things yeah. under it, but it really lights up at the top, right? And yeah. If he if he were to go, I think that we would really, really struggle to find someone to do his exact job, we'd probably have to find people who yeah, change the system together. Well, yeah. The team is yeah. competing for it, whether it's Barca, Real, now PSG, even Bayern. They've got those those standout players that will make something out of nothing or that will draw a team's attention away and allow other people to go in. But when you're playing at that high of a level, every team is stacked. Every team are great but again, you have the difference makers, and that's why they go for so much money. Yeah. If I had a season. team built of Cesar Espilicuetas and Angolo Contes, <laughs> I'd be a happy man. Yeah. Okay? But like you know that Eden Hazard is just a cut above. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he is an incredible player, and I just hope we can keep hold of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be that's going to be you know one of the major issues because everyone in the world is looking at him right now. Everybody's aware of his brilliance. Oh, and he has a World Cup coming up where he's, yeah. you know... The shop, he's not going to do very well in the World Cup. I can guarantee uh, he's... he's uh, at, uh, best, uh, at best, he's going to finish second in uh, his group. We have no rooting interest at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we have our defunct of a team to support in the I World couldn't Cup. believe that you didn't qualify for that World Cup. I, honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry to bring this. I shouldn't have... <laughs> this, isn't in, this isn't on the running order at all. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. How didn't you qualify for the World Cup? Uh, so I've just now come out of my depression cycle uh, from October, whatever it was. That's a recycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, so just like the 2015-16 Chelsea team, you know, little chemistry, little will. Really. You know, I mean, if you have one of those things, you can figure it out. But this team just especially soft. especially you guys because you're in quite a favorable. group part of the world in which to qualify from it's getting tougher i will tell you that like and i'm no bs i mean it is definitely a tougher region like mexico is always going mexico are good but i saw costa that you rica were... made the quarterfinals of the last world cup surprisingly mate that know. was um, i was at that i was at that game england played england played costa rica and it was like a new low for english football you get three games in a group yep. england didn't have to bother playing their third game we were out before a ball had been kicked in our third game. And it was, it was, I had a real quandary actually, because I'd obviously gone out there for the World Cup and I was staying in Rio. The game against Costa Rica was being played in a place called Belo Horizonte, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's north, miles right? away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking, the game doesn't mean anything. I'm currently on the Copacabana. What do I do here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the end, I went to the game actually, and it was an incredible experience because 
I don't know if you've ever had this before, but it was quite a refreshing experience. Firstly, it was glorious sunshine. England fans were in full voice. But there was something quite... Like, I'm not saying I preferred it. Obviously, I booked a three-week holiday and it was over in two games. Mm-hmm. But there was something quite refreshing about going to a game that didn't actually mean... I had no interest mm-hmm. in, in terms of the scoreline. I could just enjoy the experience for what it was, which was a friendly... Because Costa Rica, I think, were already top. Yeah, they were already top. They were already top. Yeah, and then they went and... I think they played the Netherlands really tough in the quarters and lost on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I I vaguely remember watching that in the airport Mm. on my way home. That was a depressing experience. Point being, CONCACAF is getting better, but we should absolutely be one of the top four teams out of six. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, now they're they're voting for a new president of U.S. soccer. So that's a process that's undergoing right now. And uh, hopefully a lot of changes will come because of that. And, right. Yeah. Your, your audience isn't uh, interested in depressing football, though, so... No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, move this yeah, on. Absolutely. Yeah, we should, uh, we should certainly get, get it back to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> so, have you, when are you boys next over? Have you got, uh, how often do you manage to do these trips? So, we are, thankfully, we are coming back um, for the Tottenham match. We will be back at the end of March. End Early of March. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. So, it's know. a good one to pick because it's pretty much guaranteed three points. It is. I it's, know. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good one to pick. I saw that. That's another stat that I saw the other day, actually. Chelsea have beaten more te- like two teams in the Premier League. They've, our best results are against two teams. Newcastle United and Tottenham. I think it's so funny that oh, Tottenham... Wow. I know. It's so funny that it's them, isn't it? You know, like, rivalries are big. You... you like the, like one team could be at the top, one could be at the bottom, but you always it's way harder than it normally is. But you know we we're lucky that um, you know we have a, a travel company that we work with to like bring groups of fans over because we were lucky to come last year to Middlesbrough, and we're like it was the most amazing thing ever. I've never oh. ever heard anybody right talk about Middlesbrough. Uh, no, but think about that week. That week yeah. we, we landed on the Thursday. It's Friday night. West Ham. Spurs lose to West Ham. Spurs. Yes. Put us within. We took five a bunch points. of shots. It was great. Yes. Then we went at Mil- with Millsboro, and then that puts us within two points left. And then later that week, West you know, Brom away. We right. Had, we, had gone we were home. so. Were you at West Brom as well? No, we were no. so tempted. We went to home, stay. but we. Oh. Yeah, well, West Brom was definitely up there for me. I'd say West Brom was in probably in my top five wow. games I've ever been to. Yeah, well, it was it was incredible, and it was a great way to do it. And you know, it was brilliant. I mean, it it ended quite badly, but it was what was brilliant about it is there were. When Chelsea scored at the end, it played, like, the place erupted. It really did go crazy. But every single stand at the Hawthorns, it's a great old ground, the Hawthorns as well, really old. But there were Chelsea fans all over the place, which ended really <laughs> badly. There was like major, uh, major, yeah, 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 major yeah. problems. But it was quite nice to just see the entire place erupt, either with fury, West Brom fans sort of jumping up and being livid that Chelsea fans were in their midst, or just Chelsea fans celebrating. It was a... Uh, yeah, it was a really good, uh, really good climax to the season. And what about Kiev? Would you do Kiev if we get there? I mean, I think that is a unique proposition, especially the fact that like you hear like how improbable twenty twelve was in, in going to Munich. I mean, think for us, like you can go to World Cup, right? You know, it's every four years. You assume the U.S. have a good chance to get there, but for our, our other team, you know, Chelsea, go if you get to a Champions League final. That I think that's pretty non negotiable. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, a, we would find a way. I yeah. had a World Cup budget that's no longer being yeah. used. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, oh, there we yeah. Go. And also, I've I've got a World Cup budget that will probably be completely freed up after we play two games. So, uh, uh, no. so yeah, are you going? Fun. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll, the one that I'm definitely going to go to is Belgium because it's easy. You can mm-hmm. fly to Poland. Like it's it's yeah. they've they've positioned it out there. Mm-hmm. So, I'll definitely do Belgium. 
And what I'm not going to do is what I did for Brazil, which is kind of go for a month. I'll do what I did for France, which is just sort of the in and out. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Belgium's booked. Belgium is definitely happening. See what happens. See what happens after that. Any projections? Do you know what? I'm that weird England fan who, who at the moment will say, I'm really not happy. I'm not happy with Southgate. I just don't think that he's the right man for the job at all. And I could be really negative about it. Two weeks before the tournament... I'm that bloke, this is it. This is it, mate. <laughs> mate, gear yourself up. I'll be like telling my mum, I'm like, mum, seriously, get ready. This is it. This is the moment that it, that it happens. Like, 1966 is happening again now. But you now. have to. I mean, I couldn't imagine not going into a World Cup with just all of the excitement and energy for it, right? Like, I feel you'd lose a little bit of the magic, you know? I, I mean, I completely agree. I often get I often get grief on, on sort of the videos that we do and stuff for being too optimistic. But I'm not a pundit. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an yeah. impartial... Of course yeah. I go into every game thinking Chelsea are going to win. Of course I'm excited about every game. And I think Chelsea are the best thing in the world. And I think the same about England. So yep. I go into it. I go into <laughs> it with that attitude. But obviously I'm not impartial. But even be, this time, I'm worried about England. To be fair, like Jamie Redknapp does the same thing on TV. I know. Exactly. Which, you know what? I ended up... I, ended, I don't know if this is either going to defend my... Point or or completely accelerate the hate I get, but I did I did a video that went really badly just before Chelsea played uh, Crystal Palace. I was like, Uh-oh. Hudson's a moron because of what you know. Hudson was the England manager. I was like, Hudson's a moron. Conte will never lose to Hudson. Went right out and gave quite a bold they prediction. Hadn't scored. They hadn't scored a goal all season. Oh, it was all that, that right? Yeah. All that stuff. I think so. I did something for BT. I'm then walking out of the uh, stadium and I filmed something else for them. And in that, I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry, loads of people gave me grief. Do you know who jumped to my defence? Robbie Savage. Oh, <laughs> Robbie no. Savage was like, I feel sorry for that guy. He's a good guy. He clearly uh, invested in his team. I was like, thanks, oh, Robbie. Oh. Think, yeah, <laughs> think. Um, I think that's probably uh, on a Robbie Savage note. It's probably the perfect place to uh, wrap this up, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm yeah, really, I know that you've had a really hectic schedule, so I really appreciate you finding the time. If you don't know already where to find these guys, it's at London is Blue. Um, how's, how do they find you? So you find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's just at London Blue Pod, and then it's available through iTunes and SoundCloud. It's just London is Blue Podcast. There you go. Uh, make sure that you do that, and I will see you all next week. Cheers for listening. 